Good Monday, just a little past noon on this glorious day. I apologize for getting this out late, but I had Jim Hart come by this morning to mill the logs that some of you have seen in my yard since July the 7th. Anyway, really special guest with me today, Sherry Lambert, who moved to our town just over a year ago and is the current chair of the Planning Commission and newly appointed to town council. She brings a wealth of information with her, of experience, and I am just so glad that everyone listening to this, you get to meet her today. This podcast is a little longer than most that I do, but I truly believe it's well worth getting to know Sherry and follow the Planning Commission over the next few months as they tackle the hard decisions and choices they need to make regarding the Blenheim and the Upper Bird Street developments. So again, so glad to be here with you on such a glorious, sunshiny, warm October day. I hope you enjoy the show and I'll be back on Friday. So I'm here with Sherry Lambert. We're actually recording this on Sunday afternoon to be aired on Monday morning. So I want to welcome Sherry, who is the chair of the Planning Commission and also newly appointed to town council. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much, Nancy, for having me and for the invitation. Tell us about you. Where where do you come from? How long have you been here? What brought you here? Well, that's an interesting question, actually. I feel like I'm a woman who has come full circle, actually, because I grew up in a small rural community in central Washington state. My hometown was known to be a place of abundant farms and orchards and uh, ranches. It was also known for legacy uh, family-owned small businesses. And I left that community and uh, for university, actually. And then I spent the next 40-plus years in nonprofit and for-profit business all over the world. And when it came time to consider semi-retirement and where my husband and I would want to spend it, um, we saw a lot of advantages in moving to an area like Scottsville. Um, To be honest, we actually were looking at Charlottesville, but didn't find anything there that really felt like we belonged. And so we came to Scottsville and you probably have heard this story. We looked at one home and made an offer in the driveway. I have heard that story. I think that was the record time, something like three or four days of that house being on the market. So it was a short amount of time. (laughs) So, and it didn't take you that much time either to get involved with the planning commission. No, it didn't. Actually, we were here about two months before there was an opening on the commission. And a neighbor came over and said, say, have you seen there's an opening in the planning commission? And uh, I hadn't heard that. And long and the short of it, I applied immediately. I believe the majority of people paying attention to what the planning commission is doing and the way in which you are running the meetings, they should be very pleased as well. So with that, 
I would like to ask you a few questions. And the first is basically, do you think there's a conflict with being the chair of the planning commission and also being on town council? Well, I I can understand if someone um, would see it as a conflict of interest, but actually I am uh, just... I'm filling the position that actually is what is in the town bylaws for having a liaison between the town council and the planning commission. There is someone who will be sitting on the town council who would naturally be the liaison to the planning commission and have a seat on both. It just happens to be that I'm the chair. Most people don't understand as well, being the chair of the planning commission, my vote on issues, are restricted only to tiebreakers. And so actually my voice is a little bit refrained, if you will, in those kinds of situations because it's it's up to the rest of the commission to put forth a recommendation and to be able to vote on that. And if there were a tie, then I would speak up. And so no, I, I see it as a plus actually. Great, I know when I was on the architectural review board many, many years ago, That was my feeling that I was never the chair, but as that liaison to council, it was my job not to bring my opinion to council, but the decision that was made by the members of the ARB. Well, I don't think there is a scenario, especially in public service or any kind of service that you can have 100% you know, win and applause on everything that happens. So I think it would be pretty short-sighted to assume that for me, given the roles that I now share, so. And, And moving on, I've always felt that the Planning Commission is the most important committee that serves town council in that you do all things zoning. And right now we are in a major transition of going from very little movement in building and and in business, in home and business. And I have noticed of late that the meetings are lasting two hours plus where even five years ago, they may have lasted 10 minutes. So what do you attribute this to? And I know that you don't have the long history But what do you attribute the meeting length to? I actually attribute it to two things, and that would be opportunity and engagement. I think that, you know, I just happened to come to Scottsville at a opportunity opening up for the town for some for, for some real change and growth. And I know that this has been attempted many times in the past and that uh, applications have come forward to initiate that and for whatever reason uh, weren't brought into fruition. But I think that there's so many factors of things that are going on in our world right now. I mean, there's because of the pandemic, there's been a huge migration nationwide of people like my husband and I who are in a place of, of needing to make a change and choosing to move to smaller communities where 
the adage of, you know, better is a neighbor who's near than a brother who's far away, being able to actually know your neighbors and be able to do life with them should an emergency or a need arise that you know each other and that you're able to be there for each other's aid. That was played into it. Along with that is a nationwide housing crisis. This is not something that is just, you know, isolated here. In Virginia, this is a nationwide issue and people are looking to find affordable solutions. So there were a lot of things also that were coming up, um, just due diligence for the planning commission. There were uh, issues of zoning that were coming up because the comprehensive plan was last updated in 2018. And we're naturally gonna have to do an overhaul in 2023 and so we're just on the cusp of really having to roll up our sleeves and get that work done so i think it's a lot of those things and then because of my particular bent and background nancy i just i like to engage with people and so you cannot divorce who i am from the position and so i just like to talk to people and hear what they have to say and make room for engagement. And maybe some of that is uncomfortable and maybe some of that is a bit aggressive, but you know, I see it as a real, I don't know, I see it as a plus that people feel comfortable enough to come up to me on my morning walks or when my husband and I are down in the town, you know, enjoying an evening or at an event that they can come up and begin to talk to me and share with me their thoughts on these issues that are so vital and, and important to everyone who lives here and as a community at large. So I think those are the reasons why the meetings are going a little bit longer, you know, is we're making room for those things. And they are on the docket now and we're addressing them. And we don't have a problem discussing these things openly so that people feel they're included and informed. So when we talk about inclusiveness, as you know, we're a very small town of 600, but yet we serve between 15 and 20,000 in a 10 to 15 mile radius of Scottsville. And decisions that are made right here by the planning commission and town council impact these people as well not just the 600 people living here so how do you recognize the voice of someone not living in the town versus the one that does live in the town i think because of my very wide background and working with people of all walks of life many nations in the world all kinds of different uh, social stratus that I've learned to hear wisdom, no matter the voice. And then when people take the time to share things with me, that sometimes you have to pick the meat off and spit out the bones for a lack of a better term. <laughs> because, you know, there are times that things are very emotional. The topics are emotional. And I do understand that there has been some history, especially surrounding development, that has caused some problems and some hurt and some offense in the past. But one thing that I have tried to explain to people that approach me is that I cannot do anything about the wrongs that have been done in the past or the offenses because I wasn't involved. But I definitely have something that I can do to change their experience going forward. And I believe for everyone, the 600 plus 
citizens of downtown Scottsville, as well as our larger community that encompasses that 14 to 20,000 people, that it's important to hear them. And if people feel like they're heard and seen, then, then they're willing to partner. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a partnership. You have some very outspoken people that don't live in the town, but they have very strong opinions about what's happening in the town. So I take my hat off to you for giving them the voice as you have uh, residents and you have given to your, your commissioners. Well, thank you, Nancy. I really, I really do appreciate when people come and share their ideas with me and their thoughts. And I just feel so privileged right now to have such a great group of colleagues to do this work with. I feel very just encouraged by the strength of the current commission. There's a wide variety of backgrounds and experience as well as with town council and the staff that we have, which is just five star. I, I just tip my hat to both Mr. Lawless and Mr. Unsworth and they are huge help to the planning commission. So I just, I think we're poised for a really great group that know how to work in harmony with each other and know how to hear each other. And that's, that's a huge part of what we do. Well, there's something else that I've noticed that has never really happened before. And that is, you know, I don't think people realize the meetings and the discussion that go on behind the scenes. And they may think that, you know, you're trying to push something through, you know, something conspiratorial. And I've never found that to be the case. I feel right now that Scottsville is poised to move forward so quickly. And so having these discussions in the background, getting to know the applicants and having them understand the parameters and the requests facilitate the meetings, the public meetings. So, and, and I know that this is probably the first time that the mayor, the um, Matt Lawless, our town administrator, and you have actually sat down to go over finer points of these applications that are now on the table with Blenheim and Bird. Yes. So I would like for you to speak to that and how you view their part in the process. The part of the mayor and the staff, is that what you're asking me? And you. Well, one thing I really, um, you brought up an interesting point, and that is that when the meetings happen, there is a lot of discussion, and um, some people in the background have said that, oh, you know, at that point, we're just pushing through our own ideas or what has already been discussed, and that couldn't actually be farther from the truth. Everyone who is on the commission I can speak definitely for have very busy lives. It's not like we get together for coffee in the morning and chat it up. None of us have that opportunity because we're also serving in so many myriad of other ways in the community. We're not faceless politicos in Scottsville. We're your neighbors. And you see us you know, coaching Little League, you see us on committees, you see us downtown helping or in cleanup crews or whatever else. So you have an opportunity to get to know us, but we have 
a large amount of information that comes to us that is the background in the contracts that are written, in the maps, in the uh, backstory given the comprehensive plan, the Western area uh, plan, all of these things that we have to know in order to make an intelligent decision and a responsible decision. We have to know all of that. We have to look over reports way before those meetings ever happen so that we know when things are coming at us during the meeting, how to filter it through those, those uh, parameters. And so I feel like um, when I came on to the commission and I did have the opportunity to take the chair, that there was already a work synergy that had happened with you know the town staff and with Mayor Smith and myself simply because I believe we all have the same goal and that is the overall health, safety, and welfare of the town of Scottsville. I, I mean, being a person who recently migrated to the town just over a year ago, I'm so impressed with this town's tenacity its neighborliness, its care. I call it to everyone who's never been here or talks to me about Scottsdale, the little town that could. Mm -hmm. That's what I refer to it as because I really believe there is a dynamic here that is absolutely so special. And I think that each one of those people that you mentioned actually believe the same. And so it's really easy when we sit down to work together to be able to share openly with one another our concerns and our perspectives and not feel threatened in any way. It's very inclusive and there's a great synergy and I feel very privileged to be a part of it. That's good. I think it's a very important part of the decision-making process of people making the decisions actually know what the issues and the parameters of those issues are. Yes. So. What, what do you feel is the most challenging aspect facing Scottsville today? I really do believe that the greatest challenge is fear. I believe that fear is our greatest adversary when it comes to embracing change and especially the change that we understand has to happen. I never once have planted a weed seed in my garden, but they seem to just come up proliferously, you know, every time I turn around. And that's because in areas where I'm not focused, that's what happens. And I had mentioned, you know, growing up in a rural community um, when I began chatting with you, Nancy. And the thing is that I went back to my hometown 20 plus years later for a family funeral. And my town looked nothing like it did when I left. Those historic downtown areas and family-run businesses had long been boarded up and graffitied. The town had been situated in the center between a large metropolis 45 minutes one way and 45 minutes the other on a major highway. And 20 plus years later, it had been reduced to a pass-through instead of a destination because the local government was not bold enough or aggressive enough or tenacious enough to say, no, this is the way we're going and this is what we're gonna defend. We're gonna defend the things that are most important to our citizens and to us as a community. And I think that's where we are, if I can be honest, 
in Scottsville right now because we have an opportunity before us and I say opportunity and I know the challenges are great, but it's been 60 years since the town took this step forward. And I believe it's high time that we do. You know, I have, I have a really beautiful, lovely sight that I see every morning from my kitchen window when I go downstairs. And that is just about that time I'm watching the school children get on the bus. And I just find it the most joyful thing to watch those little children out there, just all the excitement of the day, you know, backpacks flying and mothers as the bus is getting closer and they're still running down the hill. And I was thinking the other day, what a great thing it would be and what a huge just joy it will be when as a community, we can see some of those same children return 15 or 20 years from now with their moving vans and their families, and they are committed to coming here with joy. They're looking forward to coming here and to settling and taking us the next step into the future. And that's what I think about every day when these things come in front of us as a planning commission and I'm looking at this on how I'm gonna chair these meetings and how I'm gonna engage with the public. I have those faces in mind. And that's my goal, that we are able right now during this huge opportunity that we have to create an inclusive, mixed income, affordable situation for today's citizens and beyond. And I think, you know, fear is the only thing that is standing between a harmonious um, attitude toward doing that. And that's okay, we'll get there. We're gonna keep having some conversations that might be tough, but I think we can get people to the place where they realize it may not be such a bad thing. Well, when you say fear, because the overriding question that comes up is becoming a Prozac. Yes. And as long as we keep our township, we will never become a Crozet. That's a true fact because Crozet isn't a town. And in 1818, all of the chaos that had to happen, the disruption that had to happen to become a town has been worth working together in a harmonious way and fighting for, for all of these decades. And it will need to be in the forefront of people's minds as we work in the future to protect being a town because there's so many great advantages to being a town and be able to have partners like the county and the state to come alongside of us, but not dictate to us as a town what we can do. We have a huge advantage in being able to chart our future and go after it with everything in us. And when we fall short, maybe we don't have the knowledge or we don't have a resource, we are able to reach out to these entities and say, please come beside us, help fill in the gaps where we need it. And they're right there to help. And it's, it's wonderful. So there's no way we're going to be a, a crozet. And I, and I do want to say, Nancy, I think that the reason that people are saying that what they're referring to is they don't want to cook this beautiful, charming community to become a cookie cutter. And I just 
that is not in the heart of anyone in the planning commission. That's not a part of anybody at the town council level. And part of that too may just be ignorance to the process. This is a long involved process. And the stage that we're at right now with the planning commission and these applications is simply this, we have a concept plan and we are not rushing through the process of just approving that. We have looked at every angle. We have brought up the conversation of sustainability and protecting our biodiversity and making sure that our desire to be a town surrounded by an emerald necklace that can enjoy the parks and the recreation and the beautiful river that we have and protecting our spaces, our open spaces, along with providing the thing we need so desperately here. And that is just more opportunity for people to move here. And to support our businesses. Exactly. And that is has got to become even more of a priority because these people have supported us. We need to continue to support them fully. So, and this is one way that we do that. Yes. So you have two public hearings tomorrow evening. Yes. Are you ready? I believe we are. Everybody has done their homework. I, um, you know, I have to default again to my business background. I love to debrief after we have an event. And so every time that we meet, for instance, with last week's um, work session. Following that, I did a debrief email to the colleagues on the commission and just asked them to focus on reviewing these documents and the upcoming application on all of these in order for everybody to be ready. And so I fully, fully believe everybody is ready. Being ready doesn't necessarily mean we're in a place yet to make a recommendation. And we are going to be hearing from some important players tomorrow night. And that would be um, a representative from Virginia Department of Transportation and also a representative from Shimp Engineering. And so I think it's really important that the, um, the community is allowed to hear their responses and to ask questions of them. And so with that in readying everyone and trying to make room for more conversation. I've changed the format for tomorrow night's uh, public hearing. Time yes. agenda. Yes, in fact, people have asked me, are you trying to limit free speech by <laughs> making a timed agenda? And actually, no, I'm not. I'm trying to do the opposite and that is to avail by using time wisely an opportunity where more and more people can voice their concerns, whether it's coming forward to the microphone or tomorrow night, they're going to see something new introduced where I'll be handing out note cards to everyone who do not feel comfortable standing up, but can write their question, have it brought forward. And we will read every question that we get, whether that be something that someone types in on Zoom or they're in public. And so hopefully we'll have a lot of engagement where people feel like they can be seen and heard. So with that said, you don't have to vote tomorrow night. You can actually have two more months of discussion and community involvement before you make that recommendation to council. Yes, absolutely correct. And, and this is um, to that point, Nancy, this is not something that's gonna be happening overnight. For instance, even if we were to uh, do a recommendation tomorrow night. It's not like those, those homes would show up in anybody's backyard in the next year or even the 
next two years. It is a very long process to take on developing property, even of this size. And so just for people to understand the timeline, once planning commission, if we were to recommend this process uh, go to town council, then town council would have the same opportunity and timeframes to review it another one to three months to review it. If they agreed to that, then it would go from the concept plan to site plans, which are very, very uh, full of details and things that have to be approved and looked into and overseen. And so it is a very long process. So back to the planning commission, it would go, then back to town council again, and so on and so forth until we did have a plan that we were happy with and felt that promoted the health, safety, and welfare of Scottsville. That's the goal. That's the goal. And welcome to helping us with the goal. So is there anything else you'd like to say? Well, I just really, I, I wanted to say thank you, actually, Nancy, to you, because I did not have the benefit, Rob, nor I, my husband and I did not have the benefit of being here when you were mayor of Scottsville. And I've heard about your work and I've, I've listened to a lot of your um, podcasts now and hear the kinds of people that you you know, share space with. And I just know there was a lot of community engagement through your leadership. So thank you for that. Thank you for setting a great foundation for others to build upon and um, look forward to having you involved more going forward and other ways, perhaps if we can get you to, but I really do see it as a privilege to serve on the planning commission and the town council. And so thank you for your part in making the way. Well, I think once you do your part, you step back and you watch it all unfold. Well, that's a good perspective too. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thank you. I know it's Sunday afternoon. You have some grandchildren and I don't want to take your time away from them. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome.